Welcome to How to Have Fun at Work. My name is Lynn Parker, and I spent years doing something I was good at, but not having any fun. Then one of my clients told me women aren't funny. So I created Funny Women, and the rest is history. In this podcast, I talk to guests from both comedy and business. They have a lot more in common than you would ever imagine. In our quest to be open and inclusive, many of us are facing a very different gender landscape than the one we grew up in. And in my case, the one that existed when I created Funny Women 20 years ago. I never heard the term homosexual or lesbian all through my school years, and it wasn't until I attended the London College of Fashion in the 1970s that I knowingly met anybody who identified as gay. I don't think my experience is that unusual for my age group and my suburban upbringing, where strict binary protocols were the blueprint for family life. As one of my guests has pointed out to me, non-binary is just one term someone might use to describe themselves. There are now many different terms people use under the umbrella of trans or to describe themselves as someone who is outside the male-female binary. With me to discuss how we go beyond the binary to create diverse communities are my guests Jay Sloan and Abby Wamba. Hello. 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 (laughs) Uh, Ah, you're really welcome and thank you both for being here. So let's get straight on. My first guest is Jay Sloan, an organisational development consultant and executive coach with expertise in business strategy, human performance, inclusion and diversity, leadership and change. They have 30 years professional experience working in multinationals, education and non-profits. Jay lives in East London with their husband, Greg, and dog, Fred. Good old Fred. Now, Jay, I've lured you onto our non-executive board for Funny Women as well. So um, (laughs) what does that mean to you? I mean, it's wonderful for me, but, you know, is that that a great thing? I would say absolutely. I mean, what's, you know, what what does it mean to me? I mean, I think um, what you described just now is kind of a career that has more or less been focused around changing the world. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. it and, does um, sound like that, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And on on some some level, I mean, that's always been part of my c- certain mentality. So when when we met and and under those circumstances, you're like, would you be interested? And as you know, my friend Shazia was like, <laughs> you have to do this. Um, I was like, if I can help, absolutely, I want yeah. to because, as I've already said, I think the work that you're doing is changing the world. Oh, that's lovely. Thanks, Jay. I think so, too. Oh, well, let's bring in Abby Wamba, who is a brilliant writer and comedian. Um, And when I invited her to be part of this podcast, she revealed that she tried stand up for the first time just 10 months before performing as a finalist in the 2021 Funny Women's Stage Award. I can't believe that, Abby. (laughs) Now, Abby's (laughs) member... That was a bit of a shocker. Abby's memorable set included some brilliant and insightful material about identifying as non-binary and it's still available to see on Next Up Comedy, which is a brilliant comedy platform, a bit like a Netflix for comedy. Now, away from the spotlight, Abby lives in Denmark with her partner and two kids. And I'd like to know a little bit more about how that plays out in non-binary reality, Abby. I mean, what, <laughs> what else are you doing when you're not being funny? 
Uh, well, I'm a parent, and yeah. parents, as you know, uh, often time. don't find out that they were funny until <laughs> their kids are laughing at them when they're 30. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, uh, I, I ran a summer camp in Brooklyn uh, until this year, and now uh, my, my only job is writing. Parenting. Making comedy mm. and parenting, yeah. Mm. Oh, parenting is a pretty full-time job. How old are it's the kids? Big, it's a big one. Yeah, um, one, one just turned four last week, and one is nine. Oh, quite full-on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so homeschooling, the whole thing, yeah, that, that, that we've been through, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, we're in Denmark, so I think we got it easier than a lot of places, but there were uh, a few months-long stretches of them being home all the time. Actually, that is when I started doing stand-up, is when my <laughs> kids, I was driven to it. It drove you really, to stand-up. Yeah, I was really like, I don't know. I, I, was, I was so at the edge of um, needing some creative outlet, and I was just, that I was like writing and taking like class and like throwing balls for my children to fetch like dogs. <laughs> I just was... Really desperate. Uh, well, I'm listen, I'm, yes, so are we. We're delighted. And you were absolutely brilliant in the final. And um, everyone was a winner on that lineup. They really were. Even though we lineup. had to have one winner. <laughs> um, She's also so, great. <laughs> who's also great, absolutely. Um, now, uh, I'm going to just set up this conversation now. Um, so I, I'd like to think that we do accept more gender fluidity in today's society. Um, I had some experiences in my teenage years of thinking I'd look better as a boy, but I was always made very specifically, always made to wear dresses. And actually I still, although I do wear dresses now by choice, it was, I, I, it's still like a last call for me, you know, um, I don't enjoy it so much. Um, but I think the point is that, we were never encouraged to experiment with gender. It was always one way. You know, girls wore pink and dresses, boys wore blue and trousers. Um, whereas actually, I think as I, I went to fashion college and I, I was introduced to the idea of androgyny and I love that idea that we were never positioned as pretty girls. If you were androgynous, you could kind of blend. Um, and I think had... I probably had more of that exposure. Um, I don't know. I think might have turned out a different person. It's a very interesting discussion. And I have this with my own kids as well. So, you know, I just think that those whole feminine attributes thing, it, it really impacts on us. So I'm going to, I'm going to go to Abby on this. Um, Cause I'm really interested in the process by which you both decided to identify as non-binary um, and, you know, how that, how that has fitted into your life. So, Abby, would you like to just answer that first? Yeah. Um, well, I think that when I was a kid, the word that we used for the way that I was was, like, tomboy. It was like... Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, you're a tomboy. And I loved that. I loved that <laughs> word. I really was like, oh, that's me. That's what it... And it also... Um, and then... Uh, there was also something where when I was growing up uh, in the 90s, it was this word androgynous was around. That was like the word used for people in magazines. But like when you were me in real life, 
you were just like a little baby lesbian. Everybody was like, you're a lesbian. <laughs> like, oh, I'm eight, but okay. Like, I just didn't know. Um, because there wasn't, a, there wasn't any like talk around me anyway about a difference between gender expression and sexuality. Those were like mm. the same thing. I remember watching like, um, I remember watching Boys Don't Cry, which is about a trans man and being like, oh, like, oh, I, I, I guess that's like, I'm like, oh, my life is going to be so hard. I remember <laughs> being like, oh, no, I didn't mean to have a hard life, um, but actually think that it didn't turn out that way for me. I, um, I always kind of showed up this way. My mom would sometimes make me wear dresses to go like oh. to dinner with my grandparents, but in general, I was given a lot of free expressive range and like confirmation from people around me that that was positive and fine. I think um, a big reason for that is that when I did start getting like teased or made fun of, I quickly developed uh, um, a skill at being better at making fun of other people than they were at <laughs> making fun of me. I was like, oh, being funny is really was really good yeah. for that. They stopped pretty quick. Um, I think. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think that I, when I first heard the term non-binary, it was about 10 years ago, I was a teacher um, and I had students who were talking to me about this. And I was like, oh, as right. soon as I had it described to me that gender was a, a spectrum, I was like, oh, that's like me. And I was like, if I were younger, and I was, tw I was 25, I was like, mm. if I were younger, I would be that. And I was like, that's weird. That's a weird, I'm alive. That, it, yeah. It's true. It's that sort of Gen Z, uh, yeah. they just, they've got it. Um, they really have so yeah. much figured out. Yeah. And then I yeah, was so much. listening to them and try, and like supporting them in their thinking about it or trying to. And, um, and then, but I didn't really talk about it beyond like my couch and my family and my friends mm. until it started being in the last couple of years, a more, um, it, more available in popular culture and people would talk about it around me and ask me and, or be like what I think really had me start talking about it more out, outside of my immediate surroundings was that I heard a lot of people say like, they didn't get it. Like, I don't get it. I don't know anybody like that. I don't get it. People who loved me and really wanted to understand. And I was like, Oh, you do know someone. It's me. <laughs> I'm like that. Yeah. yeah. They should all watch your comedy set, Abby. That just sums it up. <laughs> Jay. I do think it had a big part of yeah. like why I started doing yeah. comedy. It was like, I, I think have something so. to say now. So Jay, what's your experience? Yeah. So I think, it's interesting, too, because I think there's probably a slight difference in age. You know, I'm in my 50s. And, yeah. and so I grew up in, I was a child of the 70s and 80s, primarily the 80s, you know. And I think also middle America, as we kind of were talking about, I suppose. But I think that the difference is that there is no equivalent of tomboy for a boy. Mm -hmm. And I grew up in an environment that was like, you're a boy. <laughs> you know, you, you cannot act like anything else but a boy, um, um, I wasn't like that, you know. So I think, so I think how that translated was that well, I have to try, I guess, to push it up a little bit, which is really hard for me, you know. And I think <laughs> until, <laughs> until I got a bit older, and what I would point out too is there's a difference between gender identity and gender expression, yeah. because at some point I decided um, 
I was really into kind of fitness, that sort of thing. And so I, I decided to work out. And I think in the gay community, it wasn't because of that so much. It was more that that's, that's just where my interest lied. And so how I express myself, I have a beard, I'm muscly, you know, all of those things that people perceive as masculine, even though I, I tend to wear nail varnish. And um, I think, as you were saying, Lynn, I think growing up, if I would have known different, I probably yeah. would have experimented a lot more. And now I'm like, hmm, I kind of feel like I want to wear a skirt, you know, yeah. probably in my own style and done my own way, um, knowing what I know now. But I had a very defining moment where I was at work and involved in inclusion and diversity work. And in conversations, that's where I first heard the term non-binary. And without question in that moment, I was like, that is me. So I guess, mm -hmm. Abby, like you, mm -hmm. you described. So what's interesting about that is that I didn't, at, at that mo moment, I did not question. Growing up, I was like, I've always felt this way. I didn't fit with the boys. And that was really clear. And while I liked uh, girls and I liked girl things, like as much as I like playing football, I liked playing with the Barbies, you know, <laughs> I liked it all, you know? And so I think I never felt like I fit anywhere. I didn't have the experience of some of my trans friends who were born male and transitioned to female to ever wanting to change my body or my gender. It was, but I never felt like I fit anywhere. Mm, it's really the best way to describe it. And so when so I, interesting. yeah, so when I heard the term, and just <laughs> the same as when I was, I, I decided to come out as gay uh, initially back in my 20s. Um, at that same moment, I was like, I'm out. You know, I heard the term and it's, I'm going to tell everybody, you know. So <laughs> I think, um, so at work, I told everyone I was out at work primarily first because it was very unknown, you know, for my inclusion work. And, and, Everyone kind of embraced it, I would say, um, got support. I think of my personal life, <laughs> um, what I experience is something a bit different. Uh, usually, you know, people are like, I don't really get that, you know, mm -hmm. or they don't believe me because of how I look, you know, or something like that, you know, and it is changing. I think as Abby described, you know, it's like now things are being, there's a bit more progressive thinking, I would say, and I certainly experience, um, you know, support, but as I've, as I've talked to you, Lynn, about, you, you know, you show up in social situations and 100% of the time it comes up, you know, because yeah. I'm like, my pronouns are they, them, and people are like, um, yeah, I don't know what that means, or explain, I, I've become this teacher, you know, so but we're not at the place yet. Yeah. Which is why it's good we're having this discussion, mm -hmm. whether we get it completely right or a little bit yeah. wrong. At least we're having the discussion and uh, yeah. I'm having it because I want to understand it. Um, yeah. And in fact, the the irony of all this is I still run a business called Funny Women. But, mm -hmm. you know, um, we've had that discussion, Jay. That doesn't yeah. seem to be a problem. Um, I don't feel like it is. I felt no. very included. I felt like this is I could tell it was for me and I just showed up. Mm. like that and I mm. felt really like well received yeah. by funny women I loved being part of it but that's yeah. why it's important that we have lots of different mm. people mm -hmm. on our on our non-executive board that represent all different facets of life and I you know and we obviously totally bit Jay's hand off to do it so it's great <laughs> what's up 
This is How to Have Fun at Work with Lynn Parker, the founder of Funny Women. To find out how to have fun in your workplace, visit www.herlarious.co.uk. Just a quick question, but um, is there any... I still think there's an, an element of unconscious bias around how we present ourselves. Um, I get it not because I'm androgynous or, you know, I'm definitely heterosexual, but I'm old, <laughs> technically mm. old, and I I deal with that. Um, I'm beginning to think there are some advantages to it. But So are there any, any experiences, Abby, around that sort of unconscious bias that you want to share with us? You know, I think that I have been really lucky in the way that my upbringing, my like my support and my personality have navigated yeah. me through a, a different gender identity and expression. And I think um, people assume that I'm gay a lot. People, my, I ha- I'm married to a six foot five uh, cisgender man and he is well, he, every time I say that, he's like, you keep making me taller. So maybe he's not six foot five, but he's really <laughs> like super hot. Like, and people, I think a lot of people think that I'm his very touchy American lesbian sister. And <laughs> <laughs> I think that people are surprised by, by me and our relationship sometimes, but I really don't, I remember like one time. I remember the only time that I felt like slapped in the face by someone's uh, like reading of me and and the goal to say it was like walking down the street one time in New York City and someone commented on I was young and had like a shaved head and someone with a briefcase decided it was important to tell me what he thought of that. And But really, I think people are, yeah, there's unconscious um, like guesses about me or yeah people uh, are making an assumption about you because yeah, of yeah, the way you I, look as well yes. and you're very tall as well very tall oh yeah, yeah. I, have to, I scare a lot of old women in the <laughs> bathroom are, <laughs> just, you are really terrifying tall. yeah I'm six foot tall and I have short hair and I wear um I, I wear a variety of things but mostly men's clothes mostly Carhartt work pants and <laughs> I I really like I do actually that is one time that I I just don't I don't like making people uncomfortable where I know that talking about being non-binary does that but um I when I scare people in the bathroom that is the time I'm like oh shit like oh, that's the <laughs> but, worst But it's interesting I think in your case and I may be wrong but I think possibly my generation would look at you identifying as non-binary and immediately assume that you're gay yeah, a and lot yet, of people assume that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, you know, this is all back to this, how we perceive people. Yeah. Jay, would, would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, in, ter- in terms of how people, or assumptions that people make. Yeah. Yeah, because I think they blend uh, sexual orientation and gender identity together, and that's exactly. not the case. Exactly, yes. Yeah, yeah. I, know, I know plenty of people, um, a, a friend of mine who's non-binary, married, um, born female, and people perceive them as female, I would say, mm. a little bit butch, maybe I don't know, but um, they're married to a man, mm. you know. So it's it happens, I think, um, and I think there's this perception 
you know, that genderqueer, non-binary, however you want to describe it, people fit into certain categories, and androgyny being one of them. In fact, I, I don't fit that stereotype, typically. No. You know, so I think, so the, the unconscious bias I get, or conscious bias, is that <laughs> you're a man, you know, <laughs> that, you know, people treat me yeah. that way. And so that's why I end up having conversations about it and, and why people don't understand. But I think, yeah, yeah, it does, it does happen. And I think, um, I, but I also describe myself as gay, you know, yeah. because I, yeah, I think it's interesting too. Um, because like, I think that if I had grown up and been, and like been a lesbian, I don't know that I would have, I would have like latched on to non-binary when I heard it, when I heard it, I was mm. like, it was like WebMD. I was like, oh my God, that's me. I got that. <laughs> yes. Like, you know, I'm like, this whole time I've been like, I'm the worst lesbian. Like, <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, it's not the same. This is a different thing. And for yeah. me, being non binary for me is less about actually how I feel about myself than it is about how I feel about the world and gender mm. and the way there's not enough room yet. I want to stretch it all mm, out mm. and like let people show up however they want to show up. Um, and yeah, I didn't feel an actual necessity for myself to come out as non-binary. It did not feel like particularly good even to start saying it out loud to people. But to me, it just was like, it's that or lie about it. And I think that it's just so absurd that that's where we are, that we have to fit into these two narrow categories that have nothing to do actually with our bodies. Gender is like a whole I think different that, thing. I, so let's let's move on because I think that's a really interesting point because I love the idea you picked, painted that picture of being us being put in little boxes. And if you go back to my teenage years when I felt I had to fit in the girl box with you know if i had your opportunities abby i think i'd probably be a very different person you're listening to how to have fun at work brought to you by funny women and hilarious in society um jay i mean do we change our passports do we change everything our driver's license what's the reality of living as a non-binary person. Yeah, so I think I think it's important, you know, that that, that for, from my perspective and my experience to feel included. And forms is just one, I guess, overt part of that, you know. So if I go online and I'm required, absolutely, like, it's part of the form that I must have some sort of title, except mm. the only options are binary or lord yeah. or, you know. In the UK. <laughs> I know, I love like magistrate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm like, well, none of those things. <laughs> um, but that's, that's interesting, isn't it, as well? If you were, mm-hmm. um, got an honor, you, yeah. there isn't a non binary honor, is there? It's, no, you know, exactly. it's and lady it to, or think, sir. You yeah, know. we need to sort all that out. We have. <laughs> it's a huge mountain um, to climb, isn't there, yeah. on that front? Yeah, but, and I think what's interesting though is when we are getting to the place though, because I've I often feedback and I have done recently actually, and I was like, um, this isn't this doesn't feel very inclusive, and I've gotten immediate responses saying, oh, you're absolutely right, 
we've we're already on to our web team to to change that, and, you know. So, and I think that is a, in, an indicator of where we are, you know. Mm. That's where all of this is new for so many people, and um, yeah. So I think hopefully, hopefully we're moving in the right <laughs> direction. But uh, passports, everything, I think we absolutely need to change. I want to just I want to show up in the world just as I am. Yeah. Absolutely. I think we all do, actually. Mm. I mean, um, Abby, on your passport, what, how are you? Are you Ms. or? I, uh, I don't think I need to do like a prefix like that, but I, 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 it says female. I think that box is checked. And, mm. and I think I have a slightly different experience to Jay with this. I, when there's a, an option on a form, if it doesn't have anything... If there's no medical reason for me to have my sex known, then I will pick like mix or or whatever option there is. But I, it, interestingly, like I've given birth twice. I've been yeah. pregnant five times. I've had three miscarriages. I've breastfed for four years. There are things about my experience that do like make me identify with yeah. mostly people who identify as women. And <laughs> I... I hold those, I cherish those parts of my identity. I, they're important to me. It's important to me to talk to other people who have those experiences. So I think it's really an example of a way that I'm like a, a, a yes and non-binary. I feel like I'm like, <laughs> I don't actually wanna, I love that. <laughs> yeah, like some people are like, oh, you're not a woman. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I am, I am. I like I am and I'm also more than that and I want there to be more space in what is possible there. So I really kind of defer to people who um have preferences about things like that. Like Jay, I want you to be supported when you're filling out a form. I want the I want the yeah. answers to exist for you. For me, I don't feel actually a strong uh personal like Feel, I, I didn't change my pronouns to um, from she, her, I use she, her pronouns. And that was a big thing when I started talking about being non-binary. I was like, must I? Must I do this <laughs> no? thing? No. Yeah, and the answer is no. But it, I was like, shit, like some people use they, them for me and I don't mind it because I think that is the thing you should do when you don't know. But um, But I decided that I can show up the way I want to show up. I don't need to create discomfort for myself if that's not what I want. I don't have to like perform a gender identity that isn't mine. So I, it's been really interesting for me and really like mm -hmm. liberating to be like, I don't want to change my pronouns. I don't, I all, Jay, I heard you say something earlier that was like, I, you like, I, I think you said you like your body or you never had, that's right. You never wanted to change your body. And I feel the same way. Yeah. I love my body. Yeah. <laughs> I really respect and support my trans friends. And that is not mm -hmm. my experience um, with my body. And so, mm -hmm. I don't know. It's interesting. I just think there's just so much more. There's more that, there's just so much more that is possible. Well, and even I just having, it. yeah. And even just having this discussion. I mean, I was thinking when Jay was talking about their uh, upbringing that whole thing about being, what are you? When I was growing up, it was effeminate boys, you know. Mm -hmm. um, there were a which, bunch of mean things that you could Yeah, do they were oh, mean, yeah. you know. I've been I mean, called them all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and that's, that's it. It's, it's mad. You've got it as well, Abby, just because of the way you look, actually, yeah. Yeah. you know. 
absolutely what, ridiculous, what, isn't it? What's so powerful about what you're saying, Abby, though, and what people really need to understand is something I've learned in the last couple of years, because honestly, I existed in a world where I didn't really know that many non-binary people, you know, a couple of friends, I would say, but I made a, a, a specific effort, you know, to reach out and find my people, you know, and I, I wanted to, I wanted to connect, you know, with other people like me. So I, I did that. And the thing that I learned that was transformative is that when you identify as non-binary, genderqueer, something else other than the binary, everyone has their own story. Everyone has their own experience. And it is fine if you don't want to change your pronouns. It's fine if you do. It's fine if you want to change your body. And it's, it's fine if you, if you don't want to. And it's also fine if tomorrow you decide, actually, my gender is something different from what I told you yesterday. Yeah. There's this fundamental principle that I, I want a t-shirt that says this, that basically says, I am who I say I am. Oh. And, and I think the reason, that's huge. I love yeah. that. We yeah, could put it in, I mean, we're creating in the funny women's shop. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think it's, a, it's such a big thing that is yeah. like that is like uh, the culture of believing people's experience. I think mm. is like the moment we're happy. There is something that I agree with, like with the conservative line of thinking that is like this is an annoying moment. This is mm. an annoying moment where we have to relearn a bunch of things and we're told we're wrong all the time. I like agree. I honestly think this is a pain in the ass. However, <laughs> I think it's worth it. I think it's worth it. I think it's when you're driving down the road and you realize you're on the wrong street and you can either keep driving until you get like 10 minutes down the road and then turn, or you can make a U-turn and you can just correct yourself as soon as you figure it out. And then the GPS is screaming in your face, like recalculating, recalculating. <laughs> and it's the worst, but it's, you, we are, I think, saving ourselves a lot of grief by dealing with it rather than just like agreeing to continue down the path of it doesn't work, but we don't talk about it and it's yeah. better. <laughs> and also, I mean, I also wanted slightly to spell this myth, you know, because I think a lot of times we hear this argument that, oh, you know, these Gen Zers, these millennials, you know, they're all about gender now and they're like disrupting and, you know, causing things to change and everything. Actually, being queer is not new. You know, when you no. think of a prim yeah. primarily no. in indigenous communities, not just in America, you know, we, we've, a lot of people have heard about Two-Spirit as a concept. Um, in India, there's a, a long, long, hundreds of years tradition around embracing trans people. But what I've learned recently is it's not just there. It's communities in Africa, uh, mm. Siberia, you know, Malaysia, you know, all these different places where, where actually... There, the, 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 the concept of more than one gender has existed for centuries, you know, and I think when we think about, well, where, where does this whole binary system come from? You know, it's colonialism. It's all of these things that are also becoming more, much more conscious, you know, so it was placed onto us and funny women fits into the middle of that. What you're trying mm. to do is disrupt that system and saying, actually the male, and in this case, also cis straight narrative is not the only one, you no. know? And I think that's why I like to be overt about my identity and say, yeah. I, you're gonna, are we allowed to swear on this podcast? Yeah, you are very much <laughs> allowed like, to gonna, swear. You're going to fucking call me they, them. I don't care if you like it. I don't care if it makes you feel uncomfortable, especially if you're a straight white cis man. 
you're going to call me they, them, you know, do not call me he. <laughs> because okay, I think that, thank you for doing that for all of us. <laughs> I want to move on. And just the last thing I want to talk about is the workplace, because that's where the magic may or may not happen. Uh, in your case, Ab- <laughs> Abby, I know the workplace for you is a stage somewhere in Denmark, Europe, UK, wherever, wherever we get to go um but the workplace is still very binary and very regimented um so jay how is it possible to create a gender neutral workplace in your opinion 100 percent, 100 percent. and the reason why i know this is because part of my work you know when i didn't work independently where i worked with this big global multinational um, we were creating that, you know, and I think part of that journey was people like me saying, this is who I am and kind of kind of forcing the issue in the conversation in a very healthy way. Mm. But what's interesting, I think more interesting is now that I'm working independently, the kind of work, I would say, the consultancy work that I get is people are really motivated and they're like, could you come and do a gender identity and expression workshop? And I'm doing one next week you know, for this big pharma company and for another one, you know, it's like, that's, that's really where the, where the mindset is at the moment. Mm. Everyone's so curious and it's, it's because they don't want to be left behind, you know? And I think when you think about, I have this conversation quite frequently in particular, I mean, I worked in the pharma industry in particular, the um, organizations like that, that are, that are grounded in innovation it requires you to be open-minded and to be mm. inclusive and diverse. It's an, an, an advantage, you know, because that supports this idea of innovation. Where we are now, because it's in the consciousness of, of you know, greater society and the kind of people that they want to attract into their organizations, as we were just kind of talking about, there are more people who are trans. There's more, there are more people who identify as non-binary. And... I, for one, I'm not working any place where I don't feel welcome, you know? No. And so if you're smart and bright and happen to be non-binary, then, then that's a, an advantage if, you're, if yeah. your organization is open and, and inclusive. Abby, you've got kids. So sure do. <laughs> how, how do you play that out with them and their, um, well, their I friends? Uh, the... I just there's one thing that always bugs me about this word and and I'm so happy to hear your thoughts on it too if you have them but that I don't like gender neutral like whenever someone's just like gender neutral I'm like I don't want that like neutral is like neutered like that takes like <laughs> that's nothing that's isn't like, it <laughs> yeah no and that's not actually what I want either I want like gender expansive or like gender like I don't think that I want to live in a world where we I, I think gender should be just reconsidered altogether. And I do think different people's experience is what should be taken into account all the time. So, like, I don't think that anybody wants a workplace where uh, the rules are same, the same for everybody. That doesn't make sense. If you're, if you're feeding a child and you need a pump at work, like, the, like the rules need to be different based on what makes mm-hmm. sense for different people. And the people who need access to that rule should 
those rules should be i don't know anyway whenever i hear gender neutral i'm like that's not what i want i don't want it to be beige like when everything well, the, is well the, there's beige. two things isn't there? there's your sexuality and then there's your the way you live your life and i'm just trying to think of a good example when we had our kids a long time ago um i was working and richard did quite a lot of the child rearing duties because mm-hmm. i was back in the office uh, but he encountered kind of quite a lot of weird um, unconscious yeah. bias as a father at the school yeah. gates you know i do think it's changed but yeah it was it was shocking because they had this perception of him as being somehow less than a man because he oh, was yeah. at home looking after a kid and I mean, weirdly mm-hmm. that is still i think i think true. it still exists yeah. as well yeah and i think it's a lot better but my partner <laughs> there's there's a photographer called um, Brandon Stanton, he's he's got a page called Humans in New York. Oh, yeah, love and, that. Oh, love. yeah, he, me too. He's great. But he took a picture of my partner wearing um, our baby when when she <laughs> I love was that. wearing our baby. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. and, That's and so amazing. the comments. It was beautiful, and it was nine years ago. So the comments section of this thing was like a hundred percent. Well, my favorite comment was A plus number one DILF, and I was like, Yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> but it was so much like thank you oh that's so great like he gave mama a day out like he's babysitting oh. and it was just like oh my god still still nah. and like people yeah. couldn't believe that she was like he was baby wearing this was in new york city nine years ago that's unbelievable and yeah so my son uh has he wants long hair like rapunzel <laughs> he his favorite color is pink he also loves spider-man he you know he we really are trying to to let him like what he likes without too much influence from what like gender stereotypes that wonderful? say about yeah. what he likes. And I think that people are responsive to that, but he still gets a lot of questions and like he wears a pink jacket and people are like, but doesn't that mean you're a girl? And he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I love I like the fact that he him. just defends himself like that. Yeah, it's amazing. I do too. I'm like, you get to be who you want to be. And I, I really, I want him to, um, I want him to get to be himself and not have to, I hope that, I hope that both of my kids turn out to be very funny because I, uh, they are funny and I like to hang mm-hmm. out with funny people, but <laughs> I hope it's not because they have to learn how to, uh, fight for themselves that way. I hope that they just get to be, yeah, they just accepted. are funny because it's part of them, not a defense yeah. mechanism. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 It's brilliant. Are- there's a direct connection between that and the workplace too, because I think what you're describing is that's kind of where it starts. You know, when you're when you're really uh, raising, supporting children, you want them to go into workplaces that have the same sort of attitudes. Mm. And what's interesting is I've had that experience. I've had mothers email me and saying, "Thank you for the work that you're doing here," because I have a, mm. a young son who's just going into university, and I tell him everything that you that you all are doing here because I want him to know. There's a place for you. Oh, that's so lovely. I know. I, I, I usually oh. can't tell that story without crying. I know. <laughs> I, know. I always get emotional because me. I was like, you know, because I well, think... Well, we're uh, all crying it's, now. Yeah. It's such, no, but it's so... I do think that's right. I, um, yeah. I, I'm going to move on because... Mm. Um, to be honest, we could talk about this for hours and maybe we will talk about it again, but I think it's so interesting and I think all our perspectives from different aspects of it are so valid and I think we have a lot in common as well. You know, I was just thinking about my childhood. I loved dolls, but I also loved cars and trucks and things. 
But I wasn't allowed to play with the cars when my baby brother came along. I had to give them to him. Mm, mm. And I've that has never left me, <laughs> ever. Mm. And as a, as a grown woman, I still love cars. You know, I'm interested mm. in that. But, you know, it doesn't make me any less of a woman. That's, yeah. that's it. It's just I like all of those things. And I, I think it's that non-binary personality versus the gender discussion that we need to unpack and work on. I think that's kind of... The conclusion on it that I'm getting to. Yeah, and I still love Barbies, and good. I like, so do I. I, I, like, <laughs> I like the idea of gender expan- expansive. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's a good expression. We'll come. Gender yeah. expansive is where it's at. Right, <laughs> um, we've got to go. But before you do, mm. I want to ask you for your top tip on how you have fun at work. So, Abby, how do you have fun at work? Uh, it's just fun at work. You have to make time for connection at, with people at work and play at work. And it is always the first thing that gets pushed off the agenda. I have been in so many meetings where we're going to play this game at the end, but then we ran out of time. And it actually has to be first. It makes such a big difference. Yeah. It makes such an impact to be connected to the people that you're with and really understand that they like you and you like them. Um, I think it's the biggest, best thing that you can do at your job is prioritize it really number one first and jay how do you have fun at work i i love this question because when i made a decision to go to graduate school 20 something years ago <laughs> i was because i wanted to have fun in my career and i always made i made a promise to myself like a, a real promise i was like if i'm not having fun i need to change or do something different and i've always followed that principle but i think the advice is that really decide for yourself what is fun Mm. Fun for me is knowing that I'm adding value, that I'm learning, and that I'm working with inspiring people. And once those things kind of disappear, then it's boring, you know? And I was like, (laughs) I start to get frustrated and I'm like, okay, time to change, you know? Let's find those, find somebody, people, you know, that inspire me. Um, Am I learning something? Am I being challenged? And also, do I feel like I'm contributing? So that's my, that's my, uh, formula i would say yeah it's really good work for me brilliant well thank you both you've been amazing guests a fascinating discussion i've i've learned a lot um i'm sure our listeners will enjoy it too so i'll bid you adieu i don't know where that comes from but i've been using that a lot so adieu and goodbye thank you very much (laughs) goodbye (laughs) to you you thanks jay take care good to see you you've been listening to how to have fun at work with lynn parker if you like us Please subscribe, review and share. Chicken, 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 chicken.